Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian, we're talking about the rapture of the church. What is it? When is it going to happen? And honestly, does it even matter? Fuller, are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll... Oh, sorry. We're talking about Rapture, man. I'm just getting ready. I, You know how long it's been since I've heard that hymn? It's been since... When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Yeah, it's been to, since 2008 since I've heard that. Because you got when the roll... When the roll... You got that low, like, low bass line. When the roll is called up... Okay, so... Let's go down this rabbit trail for a second. <laughs> let's go down this rabbit trail. All right, let's go. Fuller, what is your favorite old church hymn mm. of all time two i'll give you two what are your two favorite hymns Ooh, that's hard right there's so many i think be thou my vision probably oh, be number one that's the old irish be irish thou hymn. my vision oh lord of my heart i feel like the people yeah. the people probably will agree with me i feel like we need to record this no <laughs> <laughs> uh and then number two um Hmm, that's a hard one, man. You think so? There's, there's so many good ones. Are you, are, are you just blowing smoke? No, you forgot what all the hymns were, didn't you? No, you I blowing didn't. smoke. No, but, I th- <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. I'm trying to think of one besides the one I actually like. Amazing Grace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't want to be like, oh, he doesn't know of any. But it's like, well, I want to PCC. Trust me, I know. You, a lot. you know a lot of hymns. <laughs> But I would say for me, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms mm. is probably one of my favorite. Which, uh, the version that we do at, at Southside, I really right. like. It's got that little, like, bop little. Right. Yep. It's it's not like a funk, and it's not like a it's not See, like a country bow. What is it? Bow, bow, bow junk? Bow whatever? Bow bunk? I don't know. It, it, it doesn't have, like, that country bop whatever. But Lean on the Everlasting Arms and Victory in Jesus. Mm, that's a good one. Gotta let me some Victory in Jesus. I liked Victory in Jesus for a long time. But then but, Chris Time Chris Tomlin came out with that amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Was that Chris Tomlin? I think it was. Uh, no, I think that's uh, Brian Luttrell. Is from, it? Uh, he was like I thought, a, I thought Chris Tomlin. No, no, I think it was uh, the Backstreet Boy, Brian no. Luttrell, who got saved. Was he found it? Jesus. He found Jesus. Well, anywho, while you're reading that, dude, people might not Chris recognize Tomlin. it. Song, did Chris Tomlin really yeah, do it? Yeah, my chains are gone. What did my Brian? chains are gone. Oh, there's a difference on that yep. Brian Luttrell did. But yeah, no, that, boom. that version's finally amazing. Finally, I'm right. <laughs> Usually, I'm wrong. So, finally, I'm right. I like it. That's true. You got me. You got me, bro. You got this me. Time. You got this time. me. Anyways. But so it's been a while since we've gotten together to podcast. Well, not for our listeners. Not it's for the listeners. Week, it's been a week. But for us, we have not sat together in the mm. podcast recording studio in. Since before Thanksgiving. Before like two, Thanksgiving. Two weeks, two weeks before Thanksgiving. So we've had a lot of reviews. So so if, so if the last few episodes, we've always said, leave us reviews. We don't have reviews. We don't have reviews. People we, are like, come on. I'm starting to review. We, we've had like three reviews since like we, November 29th. We. But people have to realize, like, we record most nights. Well, before we went on break, you and I, we were recording three episodes Three episodes per night. And now we're getting back to our normal two episodes per night. So if we say it tonight, it's going to be, well, this won't even air 
We got, we got two weeks. Yeah, we two weeks. Because so. we got we, we we just had the Andrew Wood conversation about being pro life after birth. Right. Uh, we had Ryan Coatney talking about how to raise Christian kids. Right. And then the the peacemakers. What does it mean to be a peacekeeper? Oh, so this is actually three weeks out. From technically, data recording. Technically, data recording. Yeah, right. Anyways, it doesn't Either matter. Either way, so we <laughs> haven't been able to sit and drink coffee together. We right. missed some reviews, so we got some catching up to do. do. We do. Sorry. But you know what? This is the beautiful thing about be- it being after Christmas, all right? We're drinking a gift that my sister bought me. Mm. I've wanted to try this coffee for years, and I could never justify the price tag. Mm. But she was like, you know what? My, my sister's, her, uh, the, the love languages, we talked about love languages right. and whatnot. Her number one love language is gifts. Boom. So she loves, which she's, she's stupid expensive. Hey, Amanda, my uh, love language. Um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and take the roadcaster mic. Oh, throwing that out there. If you want to gift Ooh. me that, I'm good with that. Two. Can we have two roadcaster microphones? Amanda. That please. way the mic won't be at our face for we'll, the people who watch on YouTube. We will feel loved at that which point. Which speaking <laughs> of, we have a better lighting rig now for our YouTube we people. Do. Thank you, Beth Snyder. Thank you. <laughs> The perks of uh, being engaged to an influencer. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, what are we, so what we're are we drinking? drinking Onyx coffee. Onyx. If people don't know what Onyx coffee is, it is like one of the more expensive coffees out there. It's it's basically but one of those coffees is. that Antonio Banderas would be like, "Is Onyx Banderas?" <laughs> basically, but dude, they have like they have so many like even uh, people in the hip hop world, like uh, in the Christian hip hop world, Propaganda, Andy Minio, Lecrae, they all this is their coffee. They only drink honest coffee because it's that. That's because they haven't had RTC coffee. That is true. That is Just true. Like but so we're drinking honest coffee. We're drinking one of their Christmas roasts. We're drinking. They they have like a like a Santa Claus and a Krampus style we're where it's like Krampus. the light roast and the darker. We we're drinking Krampus. He said, "Chris, what do you want to drink tonight?" And I said, "Krampus." Krampus. <laughs> so we're drinking Onyx coffee. And th- what do you think, bro? Your honest opinion. What do you think? We did French. We did the it's, French press just like normal. It's all right. It's hard to gauge though because I got a little heavy handed with the cream. <laughs> Well, okay. In my in my defense, okay. In my defense. In my defense. Yeah, you didn't tr- even try it black. No. In well, my, guess what? We got some more. I know. That's right why there. I'm trying to suck it down so I can try it black. But my defense, uh, I've been drinking Aldi coffee and I haven't mm. roasted in like two months, and so I've been drinking Aldi coffee, and it's like to that, it's got to be like Which, a quarter cream, three quarter. I coffee. feel like we need to tell the people your house has been killing you. Literally, you're you're literally, literally. your house like you've been dying whenever you're in your house. Yeah, I've been having a lot of health issues from being in my house, so we are currently in the process of trying to sell our house. So I know someone yeah. won the Christmas giveaway for the coffee, and we'll try to get they that did. out. I, but I will try to get some roasted here over the next two weeks, yeah, ish, two weeks ish. So either yeah, way, I got some stuff going on, but yeah. I'll try to get just it. with the your, your lungs. And we thought you had asthma, but you didn't have asthma. No, There's something in your house that no one can explain. Something killing me that yeah, it, literally nobody can figure out. Well, at first it was black mold. Right, right. But, but you found that and you killed it. And, and you we got it. rid of that. And then we had it tested again. They're like, no, there's nothing wrong with your house. And it's like, I can't breathe. So, I, yeah, I don't know what so it is. So, are you at your in-laws? Is that where you're sleeping right now? Yeah. Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, we're in their basement right now. Living the dream. Mm, mm-hmm. Nightmare? Nightmare 30, dreams too, right? 32 years old living in your in-laws' <laughs> basement. Living the dream. Living the dream. Right. Anywho. So, so we're drinking Honest Coffee. We got some reviews to read. And honestly, bro, I'm excited about this review. I'm not going to take it. So a, a few, maybe a couple months ago, we were talking about our listener base. Because, you know, we got some friends in Ireland. We got some friends in South Africa. We got some friends in England, Canada. A little um, bit of everywhere. Kind of everywhere. We're, we're, we're Mr. Mr. Worldwide's. 
Hey, Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Well, I made a joking comment that apparently there's some listener out in India, and I just made, we, we just laughed about it. We and did. Moved on. We, we saw that somebody was listening in yeah, India. Yeah, so it was, was one person, and we're like, oh, there's someone out there scam botting us from India. And a person actually wrote us a message on Apple iTunes. Her name is Mel. This is why you have to heed to the song. Oh, be careful, little lips, what you say. But it gets us reviews, so I'm not complaining. It, it does, but but so we actually know. have a listener from India who listens to RTC. I am excited about this one. So her name is Mel's Wrangler. She says, "Oh, by the way, Mel, I don't know if I can afford to send you a mini swag bag." <laughs> when you're in the states, when you come back to the states, let come, us know. Come to South Bend, we'll meet. But you she for says, your "Hi there." On a recent podcast, I heard you guys mention that you had a listener in Indiana. Or in Wait, Indiana. How do you, how do you know India. this is a girl? Mel, Melissa. Yeah. No, it could be Mel Gibson. It could be Melford, Mel Gibson. It could be a lot of things. So you don't know if it's a girl or a guy. So you're referring to this person. Hey, men and hey, women. It says, hey there. Whoa, on a recent podcast, there. I heard you guys mention that you had a listener in India. Well, yep, I am one of them. I am an American working at a U.S. consulate office here, and I found your podcast not too long ago. I enjoy you guys. I enjoy your open discussions and sharing the love of Jesus and how to be more like him. Thanks for your ministry. Signed, Mel. I really hope. I did not mess the gender up. <laughs> Dude's probably like, oh. Um, so either way, oh, this Mel, girl's probably like, oh, you got it right. Correct me. I, I can take a hit. Correct me. It's going to be the night of corrections. Oh, goodness. Whoa. <laughs> oh, goodness. But either way, so for all you guys out there, uh, listener land, including Mel, yeah. um, I know we got some listeners. Uh, one specifically who's, uh, I know it's a she, but she lives in England. She watches us on YouTube. So our YouTube family, thank you guys thank as well. You. But dude, tonight we have a... Hopefully not too intense so of an episode. The purpose of tonight, right, is you know us. We can we can be a little dogmatic. Oh, don't make me laugh again. <laughs> oh, oh, it's not creepy. No, not creepy. This isn't a creepy conversation. No, but the rapture know, isn't creepy. Typically when people talk about their um, views on eschatology. Which what is eschatology? Eschatology is the study of future things. Mm-hmm. Or I've always always taught study of end times, like well, the end of things. Yeah, it's yeah, it's right. what's it's what to come. It's, it's, it's actually the last days, the latter days. Mm, okay, if you want to really get down to it, but it's basic. Well, we call it future things, but some people don't. Some people call it past things. Oh. Anyways, we'll get into that tonight. So the purpose of this podcast is not to really give so much our opinion, nope, as it is to just informing on the three most profound views, I guess. Uh, as of today. Okay. And I'm going to read a little statistic. I took a picture Ooh. of my phone. And before statistics. we read into the statistics, in case someone does not know, they're not familiar, the rapture is basically when the saints are taken from earth. It's the sec- second second coming of well, Jesus. I can't Again, we'll go that. into, we'll go into it. Because there's some that believe that the rapture and the second coming are different. Right. Excuse me, that was a but so anyhow, but it, the the Left Behind series made the I, the idea of rapture very popular in P, today's mindset for for more than anything. But so the rapture is literally at the end of it's, the it's, age. Yeah, let's right. just put it that way. Exactly. All right. So give us some statistics, bro. So this comes from Lifeway Research. Oh, we like Dot Lifeway com. Research, and they took not a, sponsored. They took yeah. a poll of a lot of pastors, evangelical pastors. Oh, pastors. So not just people. Pastors. Okay. And so this is kind of. What the pastors believe. One uh, percent of pastors believe in preterism. Now we're going to mention these terms, and if you don't know, we're going to get into three that are the main, the, main, the, the more common, and, so, we, and we can we'll group them all. So, together. what was the percentage? One percent believes in preterism. Hey, Soche, is that you? That's Soche. You're the one percent, bro. Yeah, him and Jonathan <laughs> Welton. There you go. Um, 
36% believe in pre-tribulation. Okay. So I did, that, that's higher that's than I thought. That's way higher than I thought. Um, 4% believe in mid-trib. Okay. And we'll explain all these here in a second. 4% believe in pre-wrath rapture. 18% believe in post-tribulation. Okay. 25% believe the concept of the rapture is not taken literally. So that's not real. Those are, yeah, those are more your post-millennial people. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, yes, and Because no. they get to the point where it's all perfect, Jesus comes back and, yay, there's no, like... Well, you can lump preterism in with that. So that's it's true, not, that's it's, true. That's why I say, eh, kind of. That's um, really higher then, than I thought. And then oh, 8% wait, of, another one? Eight percent of pastors believe in nothing. They don't have a... They don't have an opinion? They don't have an opinion on eschatology, which is very weird as a pastor to me. To not have an opinion? Has no opinion. Wow. It's weird. Okay. Um, well, so, first yeah. of all, yeah. So grow something. So the second of the, all, the two, so, the two that really lead out. Well, the two that really the main lead two, out. The main two are the pre-tribulation and the concept of the rapture is not to be taken literally. Okay, and and so total that was over. That was like sixty percent. I can't see the stats, but is it sixty percent believe either one of those two views? Uh, yes, sixty-one percent. Sixty-one. So the majority of pastors believe in either a pre-trib. Or a post-trib rapture. A pre-trib or that it's not to be taken literally. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 18% believe in the post-tribulation. Okay. Which is strange to me also. So basically what, what the stats say is the evangelical community is it's, very widespread on this whole view of the rapture. Very. And this is so why. So there's, there's not a concrete belief in the church. And this is why uh, I'm going to do my best because I'm very opinionated, as most of you probably know, and I can get no. a little... Um, Pause. I can get Pause. <laughs> I can get a little passionate sometimes. Just a little bit, but we like some passion. Just a little bit. So, Mr. Goonie. I have in my notes here, don't be dogmatic on any view. <laughs> do you really? In my notes right down here. It says do not be dogmatic on any view. Shut up. You really put that in your notes. For my reminding. <laughs> because I can get dogmatic on it. And my father in law will attest to this. <laughs> That's really funny. Um But so, so anywho. So we're gonna talk about the three the three main, all right? So okay. out of out of the... And I say the three main. The first one was only 1%. The first one. Okay. But if... I see that growing, though. But it's growing, and that's yep. why I, I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, so, the, the the theologian uh, G.A. Carson is a preterist, and I know he's... he's is he? I didn't mm-hmm. know he was. Yeah. I knew of several other people. But anyways, so preterism, all right? So this first... People, a lot of people are like, what the heck is I know, preterism? we're just throwing out words because like nobody's business. when I first heard of preterism, I'm like, what the crap is this? <laughs> and uh, so preterism branches out into two different schools of thought. Okay. All right, so you have partial preterism. Okay. And full preterism. Okay. Today, we're going to kind of be doing a little bit mixed, but mainly a little bit more partial. But the general idea. But the general idea of what it is. Um, And this is the belief that many of the prophecies that speak to the end times or the latter days have already taken place, or most of them have taken place, depending on whether you're full or partial. So basically, the book of Revelation has already happened. Has either happened or most of it has happened, and now there's just a a few things left that have to happen. So it's... it's, um, Basically, the rapture is going to happen. It's not even going to be really a rapture. It's going to be Christ coming to earth and setting up his rule and reign. Like, okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, it's, it's typically, well, we'll get into it in a sec. The second thing I want to kind of go over today is the pre-tribulation 
pre-tribulation which, this view. Is probably, which is probably, I would say, the most common in the church. So it's 36% of pastors we saw right. believe this way. But I would say so, even more people because of the Left Behind series. Well, and, just, so think about it, all right? So 36% of pastors. Right. And, you know, each pastor has a congregation. So the, average, make, the average church size is, I think it's like, no, it's like 80. Is, is it? Because there's like a little oh. bunch of country churches in Mount Pot. But e- either either like way. I don't know. But whatever. But if there's, there's 10,000 churches, so say, say 36%, right. that's still 300, and, I mean. 360, yeah. That's still or, thousands of 30, people. 3,600 is 10% of 10,000. Oh, my bad. So. But then you multiply that times 80. I mean, still a big percentage. Right. Like a big big group. Right. So um, it's, it, it's the belief that the rapture, the 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 taking up the catching up oh yes yes, yes catching yes, up yes, in the clouds the gathering of the saints will happen before the seven year tribulation okay and and they separate out the rapture from the second coming of Christ okay and, and the tribulation now, is when Satan is rolling the earth persecuting Christians doing his thing yeah, everything well, you see this with the seals we're gonna get, I'm gonna get into some oh, of these okay, some okay. of these and I didn't write them down but I'm gonna get, get into some of the more layman trans I got you I got you so. Um, and, and I want people to realize that I'm saying these things and I'm trying to be as general about the belief as I can, but there's so many different people that believe, I mean, are you a dispensationalist pre-trip? Are you, uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous how many branches it could be. So I'm just kind of giving the snapshot of the, um, general the big picture, yeah, big the general picture. big, big yeah, picture. Yeah. yeah. So, um, this, y'all, y'all good with that. Y'all good with the big picture. I think y'all good with the big picture. So the, the third one I want to mention is the post trip. And I lumped in pre wrath because it's basically the same thing, except for we're splitting hairs on something, yeah. but it's a post trip, literally splitting a hair, probably pretty close, but it's a post trip pre wrath, uh, rapture type of view. And that's, uh, that the rapture happens before the wrath of God is poured out, um, and this is following the seven-year tribulation. Mm. So now that's pre-wrath. I mean, because I'm I'm technically a post-trib, well, so I believe we'll live through the entire tribulation. Well, but right, but we most most post-trib people believe that um, the wrath of God is different, and that wrath of God and post-trib. Oh yeah, will, yeah. will take place on the judgment seat. Mm. That's, and that's what I believe. That's what I believe. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I'm saying but the rapture happens before the wrath of God is poured out. That's that's the total judgment Oops. of everything. I just realized I gave my opinion. My bad. We're not doing opinion time yet. No opinion. Shh. Quiet. So uh, let's have a little discussion. Yeah. Here. Okay. 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 So let's let's get a couple general terms out there. So we talk about rapture. That's that's the catching away is the common phrase. Okay. Uh, it's the gathering of the saints. It's the angels going out to the four corners of the earth and bringing in. It's the, separa- see the separation um, of the wheat and the chaff. And it's, people talk about that passage in First uh, Thessalonians where um, Jesus will call the saints of clouds and like we like you know uh, he calls the dead in Christ to rise first uh, yeah. and, and we'll join him in the clouds and therefore we'll forever be with the Lord. For, I think it's right? First Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen. I botched that verse. I'm sure. Um, yeah, but you got the general basis. It's also 1 Corinthians 15 talks about it. John 14 talks about it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 talks. I mean, there's tons of verses. And, and really, I didn't want to get into too many of the scriptures. I will give references to some scriptures okay. on some of the views. And then a lot of it is just a, um, a a way of interpretation of how we're interpreting the scripture. Right, yep. So Because we all have um, the same Bible. I, I think it's hard to be dar- dogmatic about things that, at least in the majority of a people's opinions, I'm excluding the 1% of preterists here, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, believe that they are 
future events that are going to happen in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be dogmatic on that. Right. Because we don't know. Now, if you're a predator, you'll be like, well, hey, Wait, I know. <laughs> we don't need to worry about it. It's all good. We and, don't need to worry about it anymore. Yeah. And so we're, let's, uh, I mean, um, so yeah, that's the kind of thing. And it, by the way, if you don't know what dogmatic means, that means you're like firm stance, like you're not you're not budge budging, from it. right? It's it's what you believe, and you're not going to be changed or swayed anyway. Like um, we're dogmatic that coffee is better than tea. No, I'm not dogmatic <clears throat> on that. I am. I am dogmatic that RTC is a great podcast to listen to, and I don't know why I'm dogmatic. Shameless plug, homie. Shameless <laughs> plug. <laughs> um. So a tribulation, okay? So the tribulation, uh, there's a couple different ways of looking at the term tribulation mm-hmm. um, based on, at least in this sense, on what you believe. Okay. But typically a tribulation Old Testament would be um, some type of um, foreign country or something that's oppressing and chastening the children of God. Typically in the Old Testament, that was the, the word tribulation was attributed with that. You never saw when God was judging Israel that he used the word tribulation. He always used that he was going to judge it was or judged, pour out right. wrath or whatever, you know, the day of the Lord type Sp- of thing. Specifically with the exile where, you know, with the book of Daniel and um, right. Nehemiah, Ezra, Je- Jeremiah, Jeremiah, like yeah. those were literally, th- that was a punishment judgment upon right. the children of Israel, well, which was a tribulation. Right. Speaking of which, I mean, Jeremiah and the roasting food over burning dung fires. That's just Yo, disgusting. Old Testament be crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Like, or, the one, or the one prophet that ran around butt naked? I think that was Jeremiah, too. Is that also Jeremiah? Th- Jeremiah was an interesting character. If you have not read the book of Jeremiah, you probably should. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, too. But that's a Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But no, yeah, Jeremiah was a crazy, crazy so, judge. So if we... Prophet. Yeah. Crazy prophet. So... We're, you know, we've kind of, we, we've talked about rapture, so, so basically, we've talked about tribulation. Tribulation is just, so, so rapture is the, it's catching up the saints, right? The rap, the, 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 a tribulation is an outpouring of God's wrath in some way, shape or form. No, right? no. A tribulation is a persecution from humans. Okay. From one human okay. to another. And so not God specifically doing it. Wrath but, is a judgment of God. Gotcha. Okay. That okay. is when they talk, you hear God's wrath, that's a judgment from God. When you hear about tribulation, typically it's associated with, um, with like the foreign powers of, coming in, like, or like these people coming in and doing this. Like thing. if I was a from the preterist point of view, um, the Israelites were went through a tribulation period from the Romans. Right? Oh, the, with the destruction of the temple with back the in eighty seventy, right, right? All the and well, again, not only that, another but exile the, the and expelling of, of all Jews in one thirty five. Right. AD. Yep. Um, you know there were several times. Um, even in, I'm trying to remember if it was 66, maybe it was 86. I can't. Somewhere in the the first century, um, Jews were expelled from Rome the first time because of riots that were happening because of the Jews and Christians that were in Rome mm. together. And so a little church history for you. Well, I know. I don't think that was 66. But it might be eighty six, but but either way, it was, it's a fact yeah. of. Anyways, so so certain people would view these things as these are actual real life people, right. who are persecuting, for lack of better words, God's chosen people, whether right or, or God, yeah, I was it's another, it's a form the, of tribulation, Israel or the church, it's some sort of tribulation. Got so it. now, when we talk about the great, great tribulation, tribulation, that typically is associated with the persecution of the church by Satan or the Antichrist. Antichrist. So, and, and the Jews too, because it talks about the Jews and the church in Revelation. 
Yeah, it, yeah. So it's just typically it's the persecute. The great tribulation has always been associated with the the antichrist or Satan or Satan's mouth. I mean, depending on. But either way, that's not God's wrath. That it's is a, not, that is a somebody right. persecuting. Typically, God's people. it's it's in most views, it's not God's wrath. Now, in pre-tribulation, um, some of the pre-tribbers believe that tribulation and God's wrath are one and the same. Right. And that is not the case if we look at the term tribulation used historically throughout Scripture. Okay. So we're going to look at the historical word of it. So um, I'm trying to remember, is there any other terms that we need to go over real fast? Latter-day terms. <laughs> Latter-day. I mean, there's prophecy. I mean, there's there's different views with prophecy. Like, there's the views where prophecy is all in the future. There's, so, like, right. preterists. And, yeah. and this is where I kind of fall into a really weird category. I know Soche, if he's listening, he hates it. He hates me for this. But I'm an already not yet with prophecy. Uh, right. Like, I'm a partial preterist Which is, where I believe a lot of revelation has happened, but there's still a lot more that's going to happen. It's not... And there's an ultimate fulfillment. I'm an ultimate okay. fulfillment So, all right, we're going to talk about it historically, okay? So, right. historically, the early church has always been an already not yet. Right. Historically. Mm-hmm. And then, historically, revelation was not written until 90 AD. Right. So, it was post the destruction of Israel. Mm-hmm. Post. Mm-hmm. It's only been in the last 150 years that some people has said, no, that revelation was written back in 66 or 68 AD, right before the destruction of Jerusalem. And that's when all the prophecy was was fulfilled, was during revelation. But historically, the early church, Eusebius, Clement, all these old church fathers, they believed... They seen as revelation is to come. As, as to come, right. It was the already but not yet fulfillment mm-hmm. of prophecy. That's the historical church's view on things. I, I don't... Don't we don't know. need to go too much. Anymore. I don't know much about eschatology. <laughs> He's read a lot. He's read a lot. But but okay. So so we so, got some terms. We got some terms. So we at least got some some bases to work with. We yeah. know what we know what tribulation is. We know right. what God's wrath is. Right. We know what um, preterist means. We know what the already not yet prophecy. So we at least right. got a basic framework of stuff. Kind of yeah. And so now I'm just going to hit a general overview. Okay. Of um, just these three different topics. It's again. I'm not. I'm not trying to give an opinion now. I'm just giving what the general population of these these different beliefs believe in. Okay. And a little bit of history. So we're going to look at preterism first. Okay. I tried to do the, it's already happened. It hasn't happened, but the church won't be here for this. And then it's going to happen. Okay. We're going to be here for I got you. So I'm trying to do it in Yeah, Yeah, let's get through this. Let's get through this. So um, it has been agreed on historically between preterists and non-preterists that Jesuit, the, the Jesuit, Louis de... Alcarsar, Alcarsar, whatever his name is, hmm. some weird dude. Alcacelsar. Uh, wrote the, <laughs> there you go, Alcacelsar. <laughs> I mean, it's Alcacelsar. Yeah. Uh, wrote the first theology on the matter of preterism. He lived between 1554 and 1613 AD. So realistically, this this school of thought's been around 500 years, right? Preterism. Right. Which still is not theoretically, I mean, it's not as long as other, I mean, it's not well, as long as what the church has been around. Right, but. right. But so, uh, Preterism comes from the Latin term uh, preter, which is the um, study of the past. That's what it means. It means past. Preter means past. Okay. So it's a it's a belief in the study of the past, which obviously it means it's history. It already happened. Right. So preterism holds the the belief that the fulfillment of prophecy, the Olivet Discourse, First Second Thessalonians, First Corinthians, Revelations, etc., on and on, um, that that's already happened. So Satan has been overthrown, uh, thrown into the lake of fire. The millennial reign has already taken place, and we are currently living in the kingdom of God now. 
This all took place from the death of Jesus to the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. The kingdom of God is currently being established every day as the furtherance of the gospel takes place. Jesus will come again when the world has been evangelized. Preterists often use the passage passages to strengthen their argument. Uh, Matthew 5, 10, 23, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Hmm. Matthew 16, 28, truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in the king in his kingdom. Matthew 24, 34, truly I say to you, this generation shall not pass away until all these things take place. Luke 9, 27, I tell you truly, there are some standing here now who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. So some of the more um, famous preterist Christians, again, we're not being a preterist, being pre-trib, post-trib. This is not saying you're not a Christian or you are a Christian. This is just a belief in the Christian. It doesn't. Um, it's not. A, it's not a salvation issue. It's not even close. Um, but some of the most famous ones are uh, David Wilkerson, uh, which he's still alive. He's still alive. Uh, Jonathan Edwards. Oh, sinners in the hands of an angry guy. Yeah, yep. yeah. He's a great theologian. Jonathan Edwards has put out a lot of good stuff. Um, R.C. Sproul, I another love one. R.C. Sproul, Sproul, so good. Um, David David Chilton and Gary Demar. I don't know those last two. Gary Demar is a ve- he's he's alive nowadays, and he's a very big proponent of uh, Soche. Soche sent us the article on his. book. Oh, that's the uh, okay. Which I, know I got article. his book, and yep. I read his book on the on Soche's recommendation. Hmm. Um, but David Chilton is another big name in the preterist okay. world. Um, so that kind of does a, a quick overview of what preterism is. Um, if we have time, we can discuss some more of this at the end. I have a, I have a section in here that says discussion. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. No, we're, we're being educated right so, now. So, yeah. So uh, look, we're going to move on to pre-trib right now. Okay. Pre-tribulation. So John, John Darby was by no doubt among the people that modern or that was the modern people that was a proponent of getting the idea of pre-tribulation out into the Christian community. He lived between 1800 and 1882. So we're talking 200 years. Okay. So it's a little bit newer compared to preterism. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also some that believe Edward Irving, 1792 to 1834, may have come up with the theory first. So it's, and, it's and I will close. say this: I don't think it, this has become a popular view in the church until the Left Behind book series it, came out. It really wasn't, right? yeah, it really wasn't popular until really the past sixty years. Right, sixty years, it really took off. So the, the Left Behind books was more of just a mainstream approach, and I know a lot of people believe. Let's be honest: a lot of Christians get their. I shouldn't say it's not our generation's books. It would be my parents, like the, right. like the, the, yeah. the, the, the boomers and the Gen X. Right. It was a lot was, of the theology of pre-trip is because of the left behind. Books I believe series. the books. Nikolai. Nikolai was the antichrist. I think, right. I believe wasn't, weren't the books written in the eighties and the movie series started coming out in the nineties with Kirk Cameron and stuff like that. Uh, the books were still being released, uh, around the time where my dad passed away. So maybe the last one came out in the late nineties. Mm, okay. I feel like, cause I feel like he was up to date on them and he got them as they go. Right. When, so, when when all those kids moved out, my mom was like, "Do you want his books?" I'm like, "No." But I mean, this is a this was a this belief was really taking off back in the time of like the Billy Graham Billy Sunday heydays. Okay, this were those those revival tent um, gatherings. This is when this this belief really took off. But the theory is thought to be that it has been around for 200 years. Okay, um, 228, depending on who you go to. <laughs> But, but uh, still, so, but still, only only a couple centuries. Only a couple centuries. Only so, a couple centuries. Uh, you know, I was trying to figure out how the best way to describe this one and then the next one. So okay. I went ahead and just let the Gospel Coalition guide me on this one. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. I we just, like the Gospel Coalition. I do. So um, the, the Gospel Coalition describes pre-tribulation this way. The dispensational teaching of the pre-tribulation rapture fits within an end-time series of, of events in which Christ will return for his church in two distinct stages. First, Christ will return in the clouds to rapture all true believers. It is commonly understood at Christ's secret return for the church uh, and will happen imminently like a thief in the night so that believers will suddenly vanish without any warning and those left behind will not know what happened to them. The rapture will mark the beginning of a seven-year great tribulation centered around the nation of Israel and will feature a number of devastating judgments. After the tribulation, Christ will return visibly to the earth to establish the millennial kingdom. The second stage of Christ's return uh, is the second coming. Although he already returned once for his saints, both stages of Christ's return are often grouped together under the heading of the second coming. Dispensationalists typically interpret first. Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, along with 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 52, to support their belief in pre-tribulation rapture. They argue the rapture is the resurrection of all true Christians from the time of Pentecost till the time of, of the rapture. The resurrection differs and is unique, and the resurrection describes described in the Old Testament as well as the one described at the end of Revelations 1. In addition, meaning Christ in the clouds means that the rapture differs from Christ's visible return to earth. Dispensationalists co- correlate this to John 14, 1 through 3, to argue that if the rapture occurs at the end of the tribulation, then Jesus' disciples return to the earth instead of his Father's house as he had promised. Once in heaven, the church is present to the Father, faces the Bema seat, which is like the, the judgment, judgment seat, Second uh, Corinthians five ten, and will be married to the bridegroom of Christ, or bri- the bridegroom Christ. The rapture must occur prior to the tribulation to allow enough time for these events. That was, again, from the Council. So, so basically, it's the idea of there's a secret... There's a secret coming a, of the... Yeah. And people just disappear. They right. don't know what's happening, which, which if you watch the movies with her with uh, Mark Cameron... Uh, yeah, Mark, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cameron. Cameron. Mark Cameron, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Kirk Cameron right. or Nicolas Cage, but... That was, yeah. yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> um, where people are just disappearing. There's car accidents. Planes are going down. Right. All this destruction and mayhem and whatever. And, bam, and then all of a sudden, there's seven years of Great Tribulation. There's a movie older than than that Wait, one. what? Than, than the, the, the Left Behind series. And it's called Like a Thief in the Night. It's an older movie. I've heard of that one. It's an older movie. <laughs> um, Cheesy as all the other ones? It's pretty cheesy, in my opinion. But, hey, I'm just... But, okay, so... You know. I, I'm going to rabbit trail because I know our listeners love our rabbit trails. So, so I know I listened to another <laughs> podcast called Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. Okay. Super cool. Um, one of the hosts, they were talking about their favorite college experiences. Right. And one of the hosts said that they had a guy who was like, he was always nervous about, oh, like, you know, is Jesus coming back? I'm going to miss it at, at their Eminency. college, Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee Temple. So the entire floor in their dorm all hid in the stairwell. They all laid out their clothes in certain ways, like w- during, like, after uh, after curfew, so everyone's supposed to be asleep. They all hid in the stairwell. Someone blew a horn and just watched. Wow. And this dude was running from room to room, and nobody was there. Like people had their laptops still open, and like like word documents up, and clothes were sprawled out everywhere in the hallways. <laughs> that's so mean. I'm like, y'all messed up. That's so mean. But that's the idea with pre-trib is all of a sudden people it's, are just yeah. gone. They call it the the teaching of imminence. Yeah, it's, it could happen at any moment. It's, and, and it's going to be immediate. And, you know, some people, I mean, I, uh, I won't get into too many of my reasons 
why I don't like this view. But we'll Wait, get into that later. Say, we'll get into that later. But basically, time. the idea is the fact of Jesus will he won't come back to establish his throne, but he'll come to rescue the church before the tribulation. People right. will still get saved during the tribulation because we got the right. prophet. That, this, and that's where the res- that's where the resurrection of the saints happens. So right. they're, they're they're splitting the rapture and the resurrection. Separately. The, the second separate. coming. Yeah, they're separate. Right. Okay. Right. I got you. So that's what right. they're saying. Um, so pre-wrath. Well, hang on a sec. Oh, we're so, not done so, with this? so we got some famous Christians that oh, believe in, uh, in pre-tribulation. Anne Graham Lotz. She's the daughter of Billy Graham. Which I, Billy Graham probably believes in this too then. He probably does. But they didn't talk, he didn't talk about but it. But he much, never anyway. talked about it. Same with like uh, Chuck Swindoll. From his writings, it sounds like he does. And some of his ministry talks and, about and, this. And Charles Stanley too. Uh, Charles and, Stanley. Yeah, just a lot of the old guys. Um but they don't come out and say, this is what I believe. So mm. I didn't list them in here because I don't want to be wrong. Right. So um, Jack Van Impey, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jack Van Impey. He was a um, a very prominent radio t- uh, radio evangelist, um, probably. Oh, you mean like what the, we do? Probably, yeah, probably no, back in the 70s, 80s okay. time. Yeah, I, don't, um, I have no idea. And then Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, the authors of the Left Behind series. Which we've so, talked about. Yeah. Yep. So. All right, we're going to get into the um, what I'm calling the pre-wrath rapture. Um, we tie post-trib in, and we can discuss the differences yeah. along the way. As yeah, we well, go. well, let's get through this one quick. So um, pre-wrath rapture, uh, Marvin Rosenthal is the guy from this, and uh, he wrote a book called Pre-wrath Rapture of the Church in 1990. Okay, so uh, you're thinking, wow, you want to talk about early? This one's only 38 years old well, but, or 31 years but old. But I've studied this one a lot, and this has been the historic view of the church. So post-trib has been the historic view. Post, pre, not pre-wrath. Pre-wrath, I'm sorry, pre-wrath I'm sorry. is just uh, a, sec, a sect of post-trib. Yep. But it covers quite a bit. But we're going to go through it a little bit. So uh, the th- cool thing I, I liked about Marvin Rosenthal is he actually held a different view before he wrote this book. Then he went and studied for mm. a book and then wrote this book. You got you to respect him, man. For so that. he was actually believed in pre tribulation. And then he started studying because he was going to write a pre tribulation book and then ended up writing a pre wrath book. <laughs> Sorry, publishers. We're going to um, change our book. Yeah. So he was a believer and he, uh, studied es- his study in eschatology led him to a different viewpoint. Um, this view falls under the pre millennial point of view, uh, is more uh, of a post trib point of view. Though. Okay. So uh, it's kind of like a hybrid. It is. Um, and we'll get into, I, I kind of narrowed in on this one because I've recently done a lot of study on this one. And so this it's is fresh your view, mind. right? I wasn't going to say anything. Oops, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so uh, I went ahead and I, I tried not to put any of my thoughts in here. Okay. I, I just grabbed it off of Wikipedia because we, we'll get to the discussion here in a second. Because Wiki's full of facts. Let's go. Because Wiki Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> so Wikipedia puts it this way. The concept of a pre-wrath rapture is one of several premillennial views of the end times end time events among some evangelical Christians, which states that the Christians will be raptured at the end of, of a time called the great tribulation before the day of the Lord. The pre-wrath position emphasizes the biblical distinction between Satan's wrath in the great tribulation and the wrath of God from which Christians have been promised deliverance. According to the pre-wrath perspective, the great tribulation begins three and a half years after the antichrist confirms the quote, the covenant with many for one week, Daniel 9, 27. In the middle of Daniel's 70th week, the 70th week is the reference to Daniel 9, 24 through 27, where each day of the week corresponds to a year for a total of seven years. After the three and a half years, the Antichrist will make himself known with as the abomination, <clears throat> abomination that causes desolation, and he will reign for three and a half years or 42 months or 1260 days. 
the latter half of the three and a half years is characterized by it, the Antichrist deceiving the world and persecuting the church or the Great Tribulation. Although the exact timing of the rapture is unknown, one of the key points to the pre-wrath view is that the rapture comes after the sixth seal is opened, Revelation 6.12, when the appearance of the moon is turned into blood. The tribulation of God's people will then be cut short, attributed to Jesus in Matthew 24.29-31 or Mark 13.24-27, which are synoptic gospels, so of course they're going to semi-match, mm-hmm. with the second coming of Christ and the rapture. And those who are left behind on earth will face the trumpets and bowls of God's wrath, Revelation 16.1. Hence the term pre-wrath. God's wrath against the ungodly will follow for the remainder of the seven years in what is known as the day of the Lord. So the difference between just a regular post-trib, which has been held by the early, since the early church, it's been held for thousands yeah, of years. Yeah, we even have from Augustine. So Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Calvin. Well, yeah, I mean Calvin, of course. But I think even back to, um, oh, what is his name? Uh, he was a second century church father but he held it too. I mean John Christendom did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean all, a lot of the early did, I mean pretty much yep. all the church fathers this is the belief that they held. Um the big thing is <clears throat> like Mark said, um they believe that they're going to be here through the not only the seals but the trumpets and the bowls all the way up to the judgment seat um of God. That's yep. that's the difference. So instead of going through that, they're saying, "Oh, we're going to get pulled out uh the pre-wrath saying we're going to get pulled out before then and then there's going to be um, a certain short time where the wrath of God will be poured out on on the earth, and then then everything will the judgment seat will happen. Right. So that's the difference. But it's it's a post trib. It's called post trib pre wrath view. So, anyways, there you go. So the a couple of <clears throat> sorry about that. A couple of uh, famous Christians that believe in pre wrath are Marvin Rosenthal. Obviously, he was a big time back in the sixties and seventies. Uh, Kent Hovind. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a huge creationist. He actually went to jail for. Tax evasion. They try oh, to get him that on. Guy. And, yeah. Uh he's got Dino World. He's real yep. really good. If you want to know anything about creation, like if you want to learn about creationism, um, you can check him out on YouTube. Um Robert Van Campen, uh Charles Cooper, and Cameron Fultz. Those are So all- so basically when you say these names, even if I mean, I don't even know a lot of these names. Sometimes I don't know how many the names our listeners will know. Basically, it's just a fact that very credible people right. believe each one of these views. Correct. So it's not the simple fact of no, none of these. This ones one's right. This one's wrong. Right. So and none boom, of these boom. none of these views are held by people that aren't considered um, staples of you know fathers of theology right in the world either now or back then like back fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all pretty well known people in those circles. Um, but some of those people are, are known in other circles too for just different theology that right. they held or taught. So, so I guess here's the question then: is if someone's sitting here listening to us, they're like, "All right, Mark Fuller, we uh, Mark Fuller, just Mark, one name, Mark not Mark Fuller. and Fuller, Mark, Mark Fuller. Fuller. We become we hear one. <laughs> we hear the this preterist view. Never heard of it, but cool. Um, Pre trip, yeah, I've heard of that one. Pre wrath, post trip. Oh, I don't really like those. I don't want to live through anything bad. <laughs> um, what am I supposed to believe? Like, mm. how do we actually break this down? To go, okay, how can we compute this? How can we understand it? What should we believe? And A, A, does it matter? But then B, does it change how we view the outlook of the world? So I'm going to melt all three views in my statement here. Okay. I'm going to say for my pre-trib and post-trib friends, you need to be mentally and spiritually prepared. And for my preterist fans, my preterist view brothers and sisters, but don't worry about it. (laughs) We're supposed to watch, but don't worry about it. 
So we're, we're, we're supposed to wash and be ready and have the the light post lit. And of course. It, you know, the feast, like the virgins, the seven virgins holding you the know, lamps, they have to be ready with their oils. If you're so they don't miss. a pre-trib view, uh, you know, you come like a thief in the night, right? Right. So, um, again, we don't, can't, I can't be dogmatic. I know what I believe, but I can't be dogmatic on anything and say, nope, I 100% know. Well, never mind. I'll take that back because I can, I think, say it on one because they believe in past things. <laughs> but um, uh, it's it's one of those things that um, I don't live my life in fear of it, of what may be coming or what might not. Be Which you've seen that a lot recently. You've seen, a, oh, they're, they're putting the ships and that's the mark of the beast and they're doing this and you got to watch out for this and you have there's, to make sure you keep that person out of the political office because that person's the Antichrist. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of people think even the right. Pope's the Antichrist. Brandon Soche, and you can tag him in this, but Brandon Soche said it best. He said, "If you cannot hyper-focus on things that we don't know are going to happen or not. Mm. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, today has its own worries. Which, that's uh, James. That's James. Book of James, yeah. So, uh, the fact that you're we're hypersensitive and we're like, oh, well, this happened. And so this could mean this, or this could mean this, or this could mean, well, it could or couldn't. We don't really know. We're not God. So put your trust in God. And if you really are following God, you're going to follow his two greatest commandments, which all the laws are under, which is love the love Lord God, God and love others. love others. So if you really do love God, then you need to love others. And what's the most loving thing you can do? Give him the gospel. Mm. So focus on that. Put your energy towards that rather than towards worrying now i think you should study we are told to prepare and to watch and and even the uh, book of revelation says blessed are those who read these words out loud and, right and read them right and hear them. so to say oh i'm not going to study or like um you know for a long time um i'm sorry i'm gonna she's gonna shoot me we love book. you janelle <laughs> but janelle's like i didn't want to read revelation because it scared me mm-hmm. she's, she's i love her she's got such a sweet spirit and such a sensitive spirit um, which is great. It's fantastic. But she didn't want to read Revelation because it scared her. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, now, my mom's the same way. She been, didn't go. Right. She didn't go to uh, su- Sunday night Baptist church because we Baptists. So, but, but she didn't go to Sunday night service when they were studying Revelation because she's mm-hmm. like, I, I mentally can't handle it because it causes her anxiety to go up. Right, and that's I'm sure that's the same with Janiel. But Janiel decided, no, I need to. I need to read these things and study these things. And so she got into studying it for herself. Um, and I always told her, she's like, well, what, what do you think this means? And I'm like, well, I could give you what I believe. Or or you could study for yourself and come up with your own conclusion mm-hmm. because I can't be dogmatic on it. I can tell you, just like my father-in-law. My father-in-law and mother-in-law are, are pre-trib. I'm not. I'm a post-trib. But it's not like, oh, I can't be around you because you're a pre-trib. And they don't treat me, oh, my goodness, post-trib, what not it? Now, we make little jokes with each other. Well, of all course, time. yeah. Because it's fun, but it, it's all done out of fun. It's not done out of trying to insult each other or anything like that. And and we still love each other. It, it doesn't really matter. Because mm-hmm. like I said to, to my pre-trib friends, and I've said this for years, even before I met Neil, I said, well, if you're right, great. I won't be here. But if you're wrong, <laughs> but if you're wrong, are you prepared? <laughs> right. And so that's kind of always been my, my mindset is, Hey, great. If I don't have to go, if it happened in the past, preterist, great. I don't have to go through it. If it's going to happen, but it has, but we're going to be taken out in a rapture. Great. I'm not going to be here Yep. or, and I'm just, I, I, as a Christian, I should always be prepared. I should always. And I think that that's what, to me, that's what that scripture yeah. says. It doesn't matter. You should always be prepared to give an account. Always. You should always be uh, living in such a way. It's 
make your calling and election sure. We should always be doing that. Mm-hmm. We should always be doing that. And so, great. If they're right, I'm going to heaven. And but if, either way, and if, like, if the way that I believe is right, okay, I may have to suffer, but I'm still going to heaven. <laughs> like it doesn't matter to me, right? And and, and can I step into my because oh, you know it seems like a lot of people who who want to believe the post trib. This is going to be very pointed. Oh, I'm going to put this I back. I feel then. like this is American comfort Christianity not wanting to have any, any form of discomfort. You know, you hear of Christians over in China, you hear of Christians in Africa, you hear of Christians in um, tribulation is a norm to them in the in the 1040 window, which is that part where Christianity is so outlawed that even our own missionaries in the Southern Baptist Convention, if they report back, they have to dis, like they have to disguise their face, their voice, and everything right. because if the government finds out, they're dead. Right. No question, it's beheading or hanging. Right. Um, the Christians over there, they're like, wait, you guys, you you. You guys get to pick what denomination. You guys get to argue about music. You guys get to argue about translation. They're like, you get to argue about like, the coming of the God. They're <laughs> like, we literally have to sew the Bible into our pillows right. because if they if we find any if they find Christian scriptures on us, we're dead. Yeah, we don't care if it's New King James or New King Jimmy or right. the ESV or the Message. Just it doesn't matter. We're dead because we have this on us. And when I, when I read the pre-trib and every person I've ever talked to is like, oh, I just don't want to go through persecution. I don't, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to do this. When us as American Christians, we've been so comfortable. I'm not saying everybody. Yeah, I just, not everybody. I'm, I'm, <laughs> just I'm, I'm going at my old churches that yeah. I was at as a kid because I would hear people talk about that. I, just, right. I don't want to go through it. Well, no one wants to go through persecution. Right. But with us as American Christians, Christianity is very easy for us to be a part of because what's the worst persecution? Oh, sorry. You got, you, you, you got muted on Facebook. Yeah. You got, you know, banned on Twitter. I think, especially in this day, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, you're but, good, bro. Uh, I think in this day and age, especially with all the, the civil unrest going on mm. in the country right now. Um, I think this is the best way to live. We should live like Stephen lived the martyr first martyr. Oh, in Acts seven. Okay. We should live like he lived. Okay. He was preaching the gospel. Didn't care. And faced the worst form and, of tribulation. And let's not forget this too. Stephen was a deacon and the deacon's job he was, was the, to physically take care of the widows and so orphans with food and shelter and clothing. It's, it's thought to be historically that he was a Hellenist. A Hellenist was a Greek speaking Jew. Yeah. It wasn't they their their native language. I believe that was, too. And so that's what I believe is that he was a Hellenist. And so and that that's the reason why the the Pharisees the Pharisees pretty much started Paul Saul at the time Saul of Tarsus, uh, well I guess it's the same person just yeah, different yeah, yeah. differently which but yep, yep, yep. Uh, why he started persecuting outside but he never persecuted the apostles who were at the church in Jerusalem you ever think of that you don't see them getting persecuted right but you see the persecution of him going out mm-hmm. why well because they were Hellenists and the Hellenists didn't believe the same way they they believed that. I no longer had to be under the Jewish. I had freedom in Christ. I don't have to follow the Jewish law. They weren't they weren't Jews to the normal sense of Judaism, right? And so that's why they were they were culturally Greek, right? But they were prepared to suffer for God, and yet still preach the message. That wasn't the, the suffering part. wasn't a thought in their mind. Preaching the gospel was the thought in their mind, and I think that's where we need to refocus on and recenter on as Christians in America, just like our brothers and sisters in other countries. We should be focused on not so much what's going to happen to us, but what we need to do for mm. others. So it's instead of looking out for your own interests, seek also for others. Right. Seek out for the benefit of others. And, you know, going back to this rapture thing, I'm going to step back into the, the pastor opinion hat time. 
this is an opinion, but I don't think there's that much strong biblical evidence for a pre-trib view. I know it's a bold statement. I really don't think there's a lot of scriptural support for it. I think that about preterism and pre-trib, mm. to be honest with and, you. And preterism, I think preterism has a little bit more weight than pre-trib, but not, a, but you know, but I also have, I have a little bit of partial preterism in me too. They, yeah, and, and we've discussed this. Yeah, but, but with, with pre-trib, the, the main verse that people have is 1 Corinthians where, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But, you know, if if the saints get disappeared off the face of the earth, A, that's going to cause a huge commotion, which we don't see, and B, people are going to be able to go seven-year timer start now. Well, they the, the, the big thing is that they don't see the church mentioned anywhere of having to go through this. They see right. Jews. And a lot of his dispensations. They see, Yeah, they see the Jews having to go through this, but they don't see the church. The problem is, is we have to look at who those books and letters were written to. <laughs> I mean, you know, they were written to churches. Mm -hmm. Those churches that were mentioned in Revelation. The seven churches. And people those, want to separate the books. Like, no, like the, like the first half of Revelation is part of the second half of Revelation. Right. And, and it, you know, that's the, the study. Right. Of, the the big thing is rightly dividing the word of truth. Right. It's, it's the, the 2 Timothy 2.14. Oh, goodness. We're busting out I think it's, Moana verses right now. I think right it's now. 2 Timothy 2.14. It says, you know, you should rightly divide the word of truth. Right. And the, the problem with that is rightly divide, all right? So if you go back to the Koine Greek, so this is where understanding Koine Greek is mm -hmm. better, and this is why pastors are required in seminary to take Greek. biblical Greek. <laughs> this is why you had to take biblical Greek. You didn't have to take biblical Greek? Oh, this is why Pastor Scott had to take biblical <laughs> Greek. He, he had a biblical language. Okay, MDiv. so I'm going through these seminary classes, and I have to take it. So, um, But in Koine Greek, the the word divide, right? Rightly divide. It's mm -hmm. actually one word, and I forget what the word is off the top of my head. I have it in my notes at home. But it actually means to rightly teach. Not mm -hmm. not divide as in split, but to teach. So you're rightly teaching the word of truth, the gospel. You're rightly mm -hmm. teaching it. You're not teaching a different gospel. Paul talks about if anybody comes to you preaching another gospel, be it, be it other apostles or angels, any other gospel, this is what he says in Galatians 2, any other gospel than what I have brought to you, don't listen to him. Mm. Don't listen to him because it's not right. It's not the right gospel. And that was that came out because of the Judaizers persecuting the area of Galatia. Um, in Galatians, that's why he had to write that letter. But that's the history lesson. <laughs> so, yep. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with you that um, I'm not trying. I encourage everybody to, if you haven't, researched or gone through stuff to go through it on your own, right? Mm -hmm. So don't just look at one view and say, well, this is what I believe, so I'm going to listen to this, or I know those are wrong, so I'm going to try to disprove them. What, put what you believe to the side. Listen to everybody and read your scripture and see which one actually fits. Right. And that's... And, and, and at the end of the day, here's what we know. And this is, I mean, the Apostle Creed says this, the Nicene Creed says this, most people's, and like last, um, the last times part of their doctrinal statement for Southern Baptists, I know United Methodists, right. and all these people, all it says is Jesus will come back to judge the living and the dead. Right. So we know one thing's for certain. We know that Jesus is coming back. Well, he said he was, so... Right. <laughs> and and do has he come back yet? Nope. Nope. Um. Are we supposed to read the signs of the time? Well, yeah. Should. But even back then, the New Testament saints saw he was coming back a lot sooner than 2,000 years. That's what I can't even talk. The, the, the people at Thessalonica, yeah. Paul right. says, like, uh, no, like, 
Yeah, that's well, the whole he, reason he why he does not it. work, does not eat. And right. he said that not as of just pure laziness, but people were like, oh, Jesus coming back, so we just going to chill, have a good we time. We ain't got to do nothing. We're going to have some worship circles. Yep. We're going to get the guitars, sing some kumbaya. I'm not going to go to work. What do I got to go to work for? What do I need to Jesus have? Jesus is coming yeah. back. What do and, I need to have, take care of anything for? Because Right, and Apostle Paul said, uh, that's not how this works, yeah. boss. That's not how this works. Um, and when Jesus comes back, it even says, let us, you know, when he returns, we need to be found faithful right. in following him. Right. But what is the, the the end of the day, whatever you believe about the rapture, you, hey, like you said, hey, we actually have to know what you believe. Now, right. don't just believe it because that person said so or because don't we believe, said so. Yeah, don't believe anything we say. Check it right. out for yourself. Because I'm post-trip. You're pre-wrath. Soche's more preterist. Pastor Scott's pre-trip. Right. All four views within four people that And all four know. people love each other. Right, and we love <laughs> Jesus. So. At, at the end of the day, though, does it do you, do you have to have an opinion that this is exactly when Jesus is coming back? No, but you have to have a strong dogmatic opinion that Jesus will come back right. and he will judge the living and the dead. Because he said he would. Exactly. You should be dogmatic on that, that and, he will come back. And at the end of the day, whether we go through tribulation or whether we don't, that's not what our focus is supposed to be on. And, you know, right. even the Bible says, the, the, actually, you read all of Acts and all the like Old Testament, New Testament, the people of God have always been persecuted, man. Always. The people of God have always been. It's now, unnatural when they're not. Right. <laughs> and and honestly, in America, and I'm, I'm talking to me right now, I've had a very cushy Christian life. Yep, me too. Very cushy. Me like, too. the most persecution I've ever got is like, you, 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 you a pastor, so you, you, you don't like people? I'm like, that's not what I said. Right. Um. Like, you know, and, and now because of the way the American culture is going, Christians, we might face some versions of persecution. We really might at, at the rate this is going. But so many people think that politics is the answer. Yeah, it's but not. it's not. Or patriotism. Patriotism, patriotism is the answer. And it's it's not, not either. What's the answer? The answer is, is, you know, this is what I'm sure of is Jesus is my salvation today. Right. Tomorrow and forever. Right. It's kind of it. Man, I can't sum it up any better than that, my friend. Man, those were some good... That was some good conversation. It was. But so, you know what time it is, though, now? What time is it? Time for Fun Facts with February. <laughs> <laughs> I felt awkward because the color of the pad changed. It used to be blue, but now it's yellow. I know. I was wondering that. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, so I got confused. But either I way. I thought you were going to turn on like the do-do-do-do, the spooky Halloween. I mean, we, we could do this one instead. <laughs> well, it's past Christmas. It's dude. past Christmas. We're in January. But either so way, dude, for those who are new to the podcast, this is your first time listening. We always do. Fun facts with Fuller. We're close to, or we're getting close to that 80th episode mark. We've had a lot of fun facts over the last year Almost and a half. 80. <laughs> and you, you, you got another one for us tonight, don't you? I, I'm running out, but I do. Are you, you're running out? <laughs> you, you never run out of no, things no. to say. You never run out of things to say. Not with the but internet. What fun fa- <laughs> <laughs> but what fun fact do you got for us tonight, my dude? So the fun fact of the evening. Most Disney characters wear gloves to keep animation simple. Hmm. Walt Disney might have been the first to put gloves on his characters as seen in 1929's The Opry House starring Mickey Mouse. In addition to being easier to animate, there's another reason Disney opted for gloves. Quote, we didn't want him to have mouse hands because he was supposed to be more human. End quote. That's what Disney told his biographer in 19. 19- 57. So that's why Goofy, Mickey, Minnie, Donald. Donald Duck even wears gloves, yeah, right? Everybody. But now, I mean, now well, it is. Well, no, when, I don't think Donald does. I think Donald's hands are well, just Well, his hands white. are just white. 
and Daisy Ducks are white too. But right. Pete, Pete has gloves oh, on. Oh, Pete! <laughs> but that's really fascinating. It is fascinating. Now I do know that nowadays, but it would make sense. Uh, modern Disney, they put gloves on characters that you that that are hiding something. Really? Like if you look at uh, Frozen One, they Han started with gloves. When did he take his gloves off? Well, he said, "Oh, Anna." If only there was someone who loved you. And his gloves were off. Okay. Because now I'm going to so, have to go back and but, watch but so, so, yeah, 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 watch it and read about <laughs> it because the gloves are on because he was trying to hide something. He was a villain. And then when his gloves came off, you saw who his real identity was. Man, that was a fun fact same, with Mark. But same with Elsa. She was wearing gloves. Well, she was and then, but, but when she said, and, and now I'm free, she let go with the gloves. But what about Anna? Wasn't she wearing gloves at one point? Nope. Anna, Anna, um, there's my cat. No, Anna never wore gloves. Hmm. So I got some fun facts too up my butt. Fun facts with Mark Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, RTC family, you guys legitimately are family. We've had a lot of people reach out to us via um, Instagram DM. We prayed for some people. We've checked in with some people. Definitely. We've gotten some comments, emails, uh, voicemails. We've even had some of those from various people. Different uh, advice to people. Yeah. It's so so this has been a lot of fun getting to know our RTC family Definitely. over the last year and a half. But just like always, find us online, realtalkchristianpodcast.com. You can find all of our contact information there, including email, phone number, social media handles, and the shop. everything. The shop, because we got the winter line still out there, the snowflake merch. And who knows for how much longer. We might just take it down and wait, save it for next next season, too. So, so are you saying that we might rip the winter shirt, the, um, the limited edition winter shirt? We might take it off the store real soon? Possible. I mean, spring's coming up. Then All I know is Annabelle, the girl who won it, she saw it, and she was like, that is so cute. That is way cuter I than did. the picture. Oh, yeah, I should have had you grab your hood. Your, your My sweater. shirt. I got oh, one. Dude, I got the shirt. So cool. it's, it's fresh. I know. I need to order one. I feel like maybe I should wear it next episode. Next Instead episode, of, coming to YouTube, you can see me wear the shirt. I opted for the Goonie shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, guys, reach out to us. We'd love to connect with you guys. But until next time, take it easy.